Welcome yet to another episode of Art Box. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I sit down with Nicole Charles of 1111 Gallery. If you may remember, in a past episode, I spoke to her at her booth at Superfine Art Fair in DC. I wanted to sit down with her again at the gallery to expand on how she started the gallery and why. We talk about inclusion and tips for artists wanting to show in the gallery. So with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Thanks for doing this, by the way. Thank you. So, Nicola, just tell me about yourself, how your crazy path from from where you started to here you are right now talking to me in your gallery. So I used to be a tax accountant. I used to work in expat tax. Before that, I was in business development. And I really enjoyed my role, but I was never fully fulfilled, let's say. And one Christmas, I was in the process of, like, having to renew my leases, Mm -hmm. the leases on my properties, and our tax return filing deadlines, January, end of January. So Christmas is our busy time. I was going through a hell of a lot, like in my private life and with work, and I was managing a team, and the team were kind of, everything was falling apart, and I, I was struggling to hold it together. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't need to do this. I don't know what I need to do, but I don't know what, I, know I don't need to do this. I know there's something better for me, not to say for everybody, but for me, this isn't the path. Well, there are people who like to play with numbers. There are. And I'm, I'm not good with numbers. That, <laughs> that was always the running joke. Yeah. Um, you know, I was heading up a team of like really qualified accountants and everything else. But I just wasn't good with numbers. I'm a very kind of logical thinker. So I could apply the rules to the numbers. But I couldn't just look at the numbers and work out the rules and stuff like that. So that was fine. Anyway, so... This one day, I started to get, like, heart palpitations. Ooh. And, 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 like, a funny feeling through my fingers. And I just thought, no, I don't want to do this. So I called my boss and said, I'm going to go. It was a Thursday night. And I said, I'm going to go to Dubai on Saturday for Christmas. I know we're not supposed to take holiday, but I'm willing to take my laptop. But I can't cope. Do the work from home, quote unquote. Do the work from home thing. Because it was our busiest time. And my clients, were a lot of them were the VIPs. Because of my grade, I was dealing with like the VIPs. So they, you kind of need to be on call. So I said, okay. So she said, okay, fine. So I text my sister, who lives in Dubai, and said, have you got room for one more at the table? It was December 22nd. And she said, yeah, sure. And so I booked a flight and I literally went two days later to Dubai. And then when I was there, I spent a lot of time sleeping, crying, just everything was like coming out. Like I was purging, basically. Detox. Detox. Emotional detox. Tax. UK tax. Detox. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was there and I started thinking, you know, I kept saying to my sister... I'm just going to go back and quit. I'm just going back to quit. And she was saying, well, what are you going to do? You know, you've got to think about it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then when I got back, I remember thinking, do you know what? Now that I've relaxed, my life isn't that bad. I know my job inside out. I've got a really good team. I've got great friends, great family. My life is quite easy. I just had a wobble and whatever. So on my way to work, I was thinking, nah, I'm going to stick this out. This isn't bad, you know, whatever. So I got to work and I walked in New Year's, like it was like the 4th of January or something. And I said, morning, everybody. Happy New Year. 
and nobody looked up. Everyone was just like working on tax returns. And I think like maybe one person was like, oh, hello, happy new year. How, <laughs> how was your holiday? That sort of thing. I was like, okay, I guess I should engage. Yeah, <laughs> and I, was, I sat down and I thought, oh, I don't need this. I don't need to do this. And that was the moment I decided I'm gone. And I logged on and I typed up my letter of resignation and handed in my resignation. My God, that must have felt very relieving. It was, it was. It was very um, impulsive as well. So I decided at some point that I'm going to start living for the moment and just doing what feels right and dealing with it afterwards. And so that was one of those moments. And it was the best decision I could have ever made. Well, actually, I would agree with you. We're here now (laughs) Now talking in your gallery. So then I quit my job. I had a three-month notice period. So I left and went traveling. We were in, I got pickpocketed in Mexico. That was our first stop. And then in Cuba, we were in a town called Trinidad. Mm -hmm. And this guy kind of appeared and was like, oh, I've got cheap drinks. And because my money was limited, I was like, oh, oh, cheap drinks. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go. And my friend was a bit like, oh, I don't know, let's stick on where we're going. And I said, no, let's go cheap drinks. Let's go cheap drinks. And anyway, he, (laughs) in the end, I convinced her to follow this guy for cheap drinks. And he had an art gallery, but he had like set up a bar in his art gallery. So as we stepped over the threshold, I just felt like really winded and got like goose pimples. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to have an art gallery. Wow. And she was, my friend was like, really? And I said, yeah. And the good thing is traveling with somebody, I'm quite into, as you can tell by the name of the gallery, 1111, I'm quite into like synchronicity and angel numbers and spirituality and stuff like that. So traveling with a friend who is also kind of, who then doesn't think you're crazy when you think like that, helps because she didn't really question like well what are you going to do she was just like really oh that's quite cool you'll figure out what to do yeah it was always just a yeah that's where the idea was born and then as we continued our travels it was just all I could think about was my art gallery and what it was going to look like and I wanted to have a bar in there I wanted it to be like the guy in Cuba to be fair doing just cheap drinks (laughs) (laughs) I love drinks (laughs) Um, and I just wanted to have like a blender and make pina coladas and stuff like that (laughs) and and, and one day one day that that idea will come to fruition right now maybe not but one day one day as we continued travelling it just became more and more real and I'd always planned to go back to London after travelling and get a job in global mobility, so managing people, moving abroad and stuff. And then the more and more this became a reality, like I could think of nothing else, and I journal a lot. So every journal would talk about maybe what I'd done that day, blah, blah, but it would always end on the gallery. <laughs> and I was becoming obsessed, and I was like, I didn't know where I wanted it to be, I didn't know what genre of art. I didn't even know how to start getting into it. I yeah. just knew this was going to happen. And so kept pursuing it. People would say like, oh, are you an artist? Oh, are you this? How are you going to do it? if you don't? And I, I, my answer to are you an artist was, well, Richard Branson was never a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and look at him today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So travels went on and then everything. I knew I wanted to somehow benefit black people. But I didn't know how that would work. I didn't know if that would be that I'm just in 
a predominantly black country. And then obviously you benefit them by paying taxes and jobs. And obviously, you know, everyone wants to live in the Caribbean. At the time when that was my thinking, I was in the Caribbean going yeah. island hopping. I was thinking, you know, it might be cool having a, an art gallery near the beach, you know, have the cocktails you can do. <laughs> this was my thinking. It was all, it was my, my, my vision was fitting into everywhere that we landed. And then... So can I just stop for one second? Yeah. So you treated the concrete jungle of the D.C. metro area. I hadn't got to D.C. then. I'm, I'm <laughs> jumping ahead, aren't I? Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rewinding again, yeah. in 2007, I went to L.A. and Vegas, and I hated it. Hmm. I hated every moment of that trip. And I promised myself I'd never come back to America, ever. Like, I would never, ever come in. And then... Whilst we were traveling, I wanted to go back around the Caribbean and my friend was coming, going to New York. And she was like, oh, you coming to New York? I was like, no, I'm just going to circle back. Might go back to, I might go to St. Lucia because that's where my dad's from. Might go there again. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. She was like, oh, are you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah. Couldn't find a flight. <laughs> like a, a flight that I could actually afford. Right, right. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to end up coming to New York. New York was all right. It was fun, but not, it wasn't my Thing. Still couldn't find a reasonable flight back to, I think it was a time of year as well, but flights just seemed like overly expensive. So she kept saying, just come to DC. I think you'll really like DC. And I was like, ah, what's in DC? Nah, it's just a White House. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so underwhelmed by New York. DC is going to just kill my spirit, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, we got a bus. I still couldn't find my flight. So I came to DC and I think it was the Greyhound or whatever bus, but we stepped off in Silver Spring. And as soon as I got off, I was like, this is it. This is where I'm going to be. Wow. This is where the gallery is going to be. And that was a complete vibe. That was just a vibe. It was literally as I stepped off, I got the goose pimples again, and I was like, this is it. Huh. And she was like, well, you haven't even seen anything. I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't need to. Like, I just know I'm going to make this work. This is going to happen. And two years on, this is where the gallery is. Yeah, so... Basically, we're here. Uh, we're wow. Here. So with that, what's the concept behind 1111 Gallery? So 1111 itself is about sort of like synchronicity, realizing your dreams, positive manifestations. It's like the, the number itself, is that's what it kind of represents. And it's about your guardian angels are, you know, speaking to you and they're opening a portal to where you can actually make things happen. Yeah. So... The name itself actually just came from somebody who was a bit challenging, a bit demeaning about the gallery. And they were like, well, what are you even going to call it? And I was like, 1111 Gallery. Yeah. And that's how it came about. I didn't really think it was going to be called 1111. It was just me being... Snarky. Just, yeah, like they were being funny. I thought I'd be like, well, it's just going to be called 1111. It, it made sense at the time and it's made sense since. And that's what the number of genuinely represents. And so in keeping with wanting to give back to the community, I just thought 1111 made sense. So the concept behind the gallery is to kind of work with more emerging artists to kind of build their careers and to have their work hanging amongst, you know, more established artists. So mm -hmm. here we've got like the Connor brothers, we've got Ben Ines. I work with a number of Banksy collectors. I will be working with Pure Evil, who's another big UK artist. And so it's to just give artists of color an opportunity to kind of rub shoulders and just be amongst the bigger names. So if someone comes along and sees, you know, 
a Banksy, for example, and then you see an emerging artist next to, you may actually be more swayed or more taken by the emerging artist's work than you might the Banksy, because you may be able to afford $1,200 as opposed to $120,000 for the Banksy. So, you know, I don't have any Banksies in the gallery at the moment, but I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping, I keep having nightmares with this market. I'm hoping to go home in January and then really kind of sort, get some stuff finalised. Because yeah. just before I left the market... Talk to your quote-unquote people. A, yeah, and the, the collectors I work with and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so that was the idea. And I thought, oh, that's how I'll help emerging artists of colour. Initially, my approach was wrong. So I started working, interning at an art gallery in London. And everything I was trying just wasn't working. And I was speaking to my mentor. I'm finding that artists of colour aren't giving me an opportunity. Like, I'm approaching them, but they're not believing in me. But uh. I'm going to maybe white artists or white male artists, and they're like, oh, what can I do to help? Right. Take this piece or do this, or have you thought of that? Hmm. Whereas artists of colour weren't... So I didn't feel they were as supportive. And he, who's a white middle-class male, had said that he feels that my approach is wrong and artists of colour are often underrepresented and overlooked. And they often get kind of told one thing by gallerists and then something else materialises. So you have to build, you just have to put more into the relationship yeah, than someone develop else. Develop a trust. Yeah, yeah, than someone else who's used to opportunity so they can afford to take a risk on an opportunity. So he, he kind of put it that I need to be the person, like he had said, I can mix in any kind of circle and, you know, I'm very approachable and open. So he was saying that maybe I'm the person that needs to break down the silos. So I need to open the door and then they will come in. And so with that, I kind of changed my approach and I just thought, do you know what? 11.11 is about supporting artists of colour, but it's not only about supporting artists of colour. Mm -hmm. And it's actually about supporting and representing all emerging artists, not just those of colour. It's just the space where the artists of colour can also come in. So with that in mind, that kind of revised approach, because the other thing I'm quite keen on, and this is like a really corporate term from my time at PwC, but I'm keen on like breaking down the silos within the art world. So, you know, I think an artist... Well, if you want, I can go grab my axe and help you. <laughs> that might be helpful because... The artists, even the late, the term like the artists of colour, artists of colour or black artists are just artists. They are just artists. They are exactly. no different to a white artist or just like with an author. Indigenous or female. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, an artist. you're just an artist. Yeah. But there's always this thing that society places on you as soon as you're from a minority group. So you're a female author or you're a black author. But if you're a white male, you're just an author. Yeah. So it's almost like the roles are always to be defined for a minority group. I think we then fit ourselves into those silos. And that's what I want to kind of quash. So like for me, I'm keen to work with artists of colour <laughs> and otherwise, mm -hmm. um, but who are just part of the general conversation. So I believe, and I could be wrong, and I'm willing to, you know, say... Yep, I'm wrong. But I believe that 
if you're, and this is something we spoke about the other day, I think if you're a black artist or an artist of color or African-American, or if you're not white. You're non-white, <laughs> um, basically. You're a non-white artist. Yeah. If you produce work that fits into the box that's been set for you. So I find a lot of um, black artists generally produce artwork representative of either the struggle of being black or maybe like African art. They produce a lot of African art, etc. And I, I do love that sort of artwork as well, but it's not it's not what 1111 is about because there's a space for those artists. 1111 is about representing the artist who just produces work that is part of the general conversation mm -hmm. so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to represent the struggle it doesn't have to show an african savannah or a woman carrying water on her head or right. a baby on her back or the male gaze or the yeah matter. or the yeah. It, it can literally just be you know there's an artist i'm working with from virginia here and he just produces quite cool and fun uh, original pieces and they're, they're really nice. They're really colourful, mm -hmm. and I like them. That's Marley McFly, and his work sells... Wait, Marley McFly? Marley. Oh, Marley. Okay, Marley. sorry. Yeah, I think it's Marlon. Sorry, I was thinking but, Back of the Future. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think... Sorry, sorry Marley. I, I think that's where the McFly comes from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't beat me up. I, I didn't know. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but Marley. But yeah, so he, like, produces really cool artwork. And it's just part of the general conversation. It's, I, I believe you can appreciate the subject without having to identify with what's behind it, you know? I know exactly what you mean. Because you can pick out elements of the work from a technical perspective, yeah. from a storytelling yeah. perspective, and, you know, just not to get stigmatized and, and trapped into telling one story all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I yeah. mean, it's like you said, and what I said also, it's they're artists at the end of the day. Artists are artists. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You know, and I feel that uh, having your gallery to make that exposure to people is very important. Yeah, thank you. And, and definitely you picked a nice upcoming neighborhood <laughs> and got murals all around, which yeah, is great. Which is brilliant. And it feels, I feel, actually, I feel like this space fits the neighborhood. You know, oddly, I would agree with you on that. Style it, of art yeah, and the, everything. Yeah, the, the work it. and the people you have that you're representing, yeah. their work and styles fit exactly. Because I'm looking across the street yeah. at, at the mural over there. Yeah, and, and there's on, one on the side of the, the side building. Of this building that yeah. you're, you're in, and it's, it does fit. Yeah, I think so. And I know that a number of the artists that I work with, so, for example, um, Ben Slow, he's a muralist. He would love this neighbourhood. And I know that if he could be over here and see it, he would think... This so is, he would find a place. He would, I'm yeah, sure he'd find he a wall very quick. Very quickly. Yeah. And so it's, I, and that's what I want. I want to bring these artists, a lot of artists from the UK, to do murals and to do, you know, shows and workshops. It's like a mutual exposure, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. the other thing, so the flip side to the gallery, and this developed the more I, the more time I spent in DC developing the gallery and developing the concept and like really kind of setting grassroots. I realised that the art scene here, as wonderful as it is... It is nice, yes, it, it is. And it is nice, it's very nice. Yeah. It's, it's insular, so it's an it's a artist-driven market here. So because it's artist-driven, the artists are here, the collectors are here. And if the artists and the collectors aren't here, they're kind of like just outside. There's no real international exposure. I think there's not even much of a national exposure 
to artwork here. Mm. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's I, I might go on a limb and say that it's more. There are people from across the country that mm. do show here and are represented here, but primarily East Coast. Yeah, I've found. So. It's, and the other thing is, a lot of these artists that I'm working with, they're very popular in New York, and they're also popular in Miami. This artist, Laquina, she's got big wall at Windward Walls, oh. or she had. I don't know if she's still there actually, but she's popular in Miami, some are popular in New York, LA. So they're kind of like, across America they're popular. They're popular in the UK, they're popular in other European countries, and even in parts of like Croatia, which is, has a really big street art scene as well. Yeah, that's so weird about Croatia. Yeah, yeah I'll have to do a documentary on that. Yeah, but... tell me when I'll be happy to go and... <laughs> No, I, I, I am. There are a lot of questions I have about that, <laughs> but, but that's not the tough topic now. So, but, anyway. but they're they're kind of like globally recognised on a smaller scale, if you like. Whereas I find the artists here are the they're, they're not, and and not only are the artists here not, these people who are known in like quite big art scenes aren't known here. Yeah. And a lot of people have never even seen this kind of style of artwork or this genre. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Which which surprises me because, yeah. as I say, if you go to New York, which is just a few hours up the road, this is everywhere. The Connor Brothers, for example, they had a show in New York and they sold out, like, in a day or something. Wow. Whereas here, people have never even heard of the Connor Brothers. And I know that it's it's all to do with your genre, the, what you're what you're drawn to, what you're attracted to. Yeah, what, that's the whole philosophy and aesthetics, right? Yeah, but the the point is, I feel that if they came here and did a show, I don't know that the be a different kind of reaction. Yeah, you know? yeah, but I feel they could go to London, or quite a few other cities, and so it's very interesting market here. And many people, including one of my mentors, another one of my mentors. She was saying to me, why DC? Because there's no real art market. There's no real, like she was saying, you can always tell an art market by their art fairs. And she was like, there's no real art fairs, like notable art fairs to speak of for DC. But then now you've got super fine. So things are slowly changing. Yes, um, they are. Yeah. Uh, there used to be one called Emerge Fair. They stopped it. Yeah. But uh, Emerge Fair was definitely um, a good splash for the DC market. I yeah, mean. right. I've heard of that, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, those things, are, they're slowly changing. So, you know, I'm happy to be a part of the change. Did you do kind of a soft opening, like starting online first, or did you start everything <laughs> literally at once? I, I'm no, just... so I started online, but something I found here, again, very different to <laughs> London, yeah. is people don't really buy artwork online here. People prefer to see it in person. Whereas galleries I've worked with in London, most of our revenues were online. So I kind of just thought, oh, it would be a good start to, as like a soft introduction to... But it, it didn't really take off online. And funnily enough, everyone that's bought art from me, artwork from me online has been in London. <laughs> so wow. I'm literally shipping artwork back. That <laughs> like is, shipping it here and shipping it back. Yeah, huh. so it's... <laughs> I've made a few sales, but they're all in the UK. So do you, do you think it's more of a, an area, a region, cultural kind of thing? Or do you think it's just like uh, some people are just more used to and feel more comfortable buying online in other places of the country and world, for that matter, versus here? Or I don't know. It could be cultural. Um, and again, maybe collectors here are not 
maybe they're just more visual, so they need to see artwork in or more person. of a, a tangible, tangible. Yeah, I see, and I see. and and I understand that. I completely yeah, get I, that. Yeah, I do too. I I don't I don't blame. Yeah. Because so, the whole point of artwork is to go physically see it, you know. To know if you connect or not right. and stuff. If you were to look on my Instagram at the piece Pink Moon, um, which is the one that I have on the back wall, it's, it, yeah, looks all right. But when you actually see it in person. Yeah, this is the piece that has, the, like, the young man with the balloon. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, a that's moon, actually one of, oh, excuse me. <laughs> so, oh, man, I'm just two for two today. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the moon, the pink moon that you just named the painting of. Yeah, I, I like that piece because like yeah. it's it's big. You get the sides, you get immersed into it. You do. There's so much to see. Yeah, and and that artist is amazing. She's hopefully she'll come over next year as well, and we can do a nice show. Now you do realize next year's like two months from now. I know. I know, but there's like 12 months in next year, so I'm hoping <laughs> at some point within in the next, that, that within range that, of that 13 bracket, to 14 months, yeah. <laughs> we could get something going. But yeah, so if you look at the original picture that I posted of that, it you know, yeah, it's all right. It's a nice picture. Yeah. But when you actually see it in person or like now, the more recent pictures where you can see it, we've posted pictures where you can see in the size against a human. So you can see the size yeah, of it. Yeah, uses a person's scale. Yeah. It shows more. It kind of gives you more. But ultimately, yeah, it's the buying online. And I wonder as well if maybe in the UK they know the artists. So they know the quality that they're going to get. They That's know true. what they're buying. That's valid, yeah. Whereas here, they don't know the artists. So yeah. maybe if you know, it was a local artist, maybe people would be more inclined to buy online because they would know what they're buying. And that's why 1111's here, to kind of change all that. To change all of that. All so of it. The idea is to change the landscape of the U.S. art market, the D.C. art market, sorry. The, yeah, specifically the D.C. art market. DC yeah, because art market, not the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, a lot of people compare the U.S. market to, to New York's, and then yeah. New York's is way different than L.A.'s, and, and then even San Francisco's, which is yeah. different than all of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask one of my favorite philosophical questions. Mm -hmm. What is your philosophy and aesthetics on art, your personal aesthetics or your philosophy about art? Okay, so... I think my number one philosophy is art, and I'll probably get, like, shot down for saying this. I don't believe art is as, <laughs> as intellectual as people make it. Hmm. Some pieces are. Some pieces are. But I find a lot of people are intimidated by art. Hmm. They're intimidated by art galleries. They're intimidated by, you know, what's hung on walls or what the mean... Not, it's almost like people say, like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm not clued up on art, or I don't well, know. Well-versed. Yeah, or it's more like, it's not so much the well-versed. It's like, I know some people can be intimidated. I've got friends that can be, that are intimidated by art. And I always say to them, sometimes when you see a canvas, right, and it's black and it has a red line through it, doesn't mean the person's dying inside or doesn't mean the artist was depressed. It might just be that the artist wanted to paint a black canvas with a red line, and, and that might be it. And it might mean something more to somebody else, and that's okay as well. But to you, it might just be a black canvas with a red line, and that's okay, because that can sometimes be what the artist intended it to be. Not in all cases, but in some cases, so you can probably tell just from, like, speaking to me, I'm not 
intellectualize everything. I kind of like everything to just be open to all. So for me, I believe art should be accessible to everybody and it should also be inclusive. Yes. Art should be inclusive to all and exclusive to none. I know obviously some of the vice tags <laughs> kind of, you know, Well, yeah, I'm kind of curious because um, it, it, like with your own personal uh, aesthetics on this, is like, how do you feel about uh, text within an art piece? You just feel it's just part of the piece or you think it's very crucial to the piece? I think it depends on the piece. Ah. So, for example, <laughs> this piece was... Yeah, we can bleep out the word if you want. Yeah, the, a load of fuss about Ethel. Yeah. For me, some, somebody like me, I would like that in my house because I would think... That, that's my thinking yeah. about most things. So it kind of just like, it's like an affirmation. But the piece next to you, the boy Alex, if there was like a speech bubble on that, then it, it takes away from the intensity of the piece. Mm, I so see what you're getting at, yeah. It all depends on the piece. I appreciate that not everybody's into text. The text is then a guide to what you should be thinking or feeling about the piece. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I kind of go back and forth on that because mm. I do feel that it works. It can work with pieces sometimes. I feel like that, you know, you're telling me what I should be looking at. Yeah. But yeah. I have not made my official decision on that. It's the piece down to the piece because something else, a lot of mine actually has, when I look around the gallery. <laughs> yeah, now that I pointed it out, it's <laughs> like, man, have a lot of, yeah. no, <laughs> you don't. Not all the pieces have text in them. <laughs> not all have text, but some do. Do you know what it is? When I was selecting the artwork, I go for things I like and also pieces that I don't. That's interesting. Yeah. I go for the pieces that I don't. So some I'm like, oh, yeah, I let's, love Yeah, let me expand on that. So yeah. why would you select pieces that you don't like? Because I look at it like, what would I want to live with? What would I want to be around? The, those that then fall outside. So say, for example, I started with a load of artwork and then you select maybe, I don't know, 20% of that is what you do like. Then I look and I think, and, and my likes are, like I say, based on what I can live with, what I would like to see every day, et cetera. And then I look at, if I went to a friend's house and saw that, what would I think? Hmm, that's an interesting approach. Yeah, if I went to somebody else's house or if I went into a coffee shop or something and I saw that, what would I think? You know, and I was thinking that it would be to take you out of your comfort zone, but I see it's like, you know, you want to look at the flip side of it. Yeah, I think in anything you do in life, you are your best measure. So if I saw something at my friend's and I went or somebody else's house and I went there every day, could I get used to that and think, actually, I quite like it? Or would I be like, I hate that? Do you know what I mean? And yes, if I, I do understand. Yeah. If I feel like I could get used to it, then I would, I, I've included it. And, and honestly, now if you were to say, which pieces did you feel like that about? I don't think I know. Well, yeah, I was not going to ask you to single out any of the pieces. Yeah. No, I don't think I would know which pieces I felt like that about. See, that's the interesting thing, yeah, because you have basically been able to, to sit down and look at them for quite some time. Mm -hmm. It kind of brings up the point where nowadays, you know, you hear this in the news often about how people don't sit there and look at art for more than 10 seconds at a time. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, oh, it's being unappreciated. But at the same time, but nothing's wrong with that. Yeah, nothing's wrong with that. And secondly, yes, you start to grow in a different appreciation in different layers. Yeah. of a piece of work if you sit and look at it. But then it adds into something that what we just talked about, about sometimes it's just about a red line on a black <laughs> canvas. Yeah, that's okay. And that is okay. Uh, yeah. If I didn't name this gallery 1111, it would probably be that's okay. 
because <laughs> that's the story. That is literally like my punchline. That will be on my tombstone. That's okay. <laughs> Here lies Nicola Charles, and that's okay because I genuinely do believe that. And I, I can honestly tell you, hand on heart, I love every single piece of art in this gallery at the moment. There's not one piece that I think, mm, yeah. I literally love every single piece. And that's coming from a place of starting out. Right. Not really thinking, it not really grabbing me on the first look kind of thing. So. so what's your next show? Do you know yet? Do you know the and next- And do you want to talk about it? Well, the next show that I want to put, do is I want to do one for neighborhood, for the neighborhood. Ah. Um, so I want to kind of introduce myself to the locals here. I want to right. have like a little reception for the locals. I like that idea. Because I feel like they have to live with me too. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean? Fair so enough. Yeah. Let's just all know each other. So that's like as an aside. The next big show I think will probably be probably be a Christmas one. And I'm hoping well, I say Christmas, but I didn't realise Christmas December's next week. It's, it's well it's two weeks from now. Two weeks, but, yeah. yeah. So if I do a, a December show, then this, I've got like a week to put it together. Well, so then I can just basically scratch out this question. <laughs> How long does it take you to put together a show? Two It'll weeks. Be a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it took me a week to put this to get the whole gallery. That together. is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I've talked to met... people it's taken months. Well, the concept and everything's taken months, years, okay. but execution was actual execution was okay. I got invited to do super fine. Right. And so I thought, okay. So which I think is awesome, pieces, by the way. Which was brilliant, yeah. And it was a great introduction for me. It was the best possible introduction I could have asked for. And it was better than I expected it to be. That's um, awesome to hear, really. And I do think my advice, and I would honestly say, if you're invited to do it, do you it. should give it a go. Because it may work, it may not. But if it does... It's brilliant. And if it doesn't, then you know they didn't work. Well, I was going to say, that sounds more like if opportunities knock and answer the door. Answer the door, definitely. Because at that moment in time, when when I got that email from them, I was on the verge of packing up and going home to London. Still on the verge, but it was something that kept coming to me like, maybe the time isn't now. Maybe DC's not for you. Maybe this needs to be done elsewhere. Or maybe you need to go back and just regroup and be amongst friends and family. And then I got this email and I spoke to my brother who, (laughs) my brother is like, so my siblings, we're all like best friends. That's that's nice. Yeah, and we all sound off on each other. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if I have an idea, I'll speak to my brother. Right. He gives me a very, very, very different perspective to what my older sister might give. And, (laughs) <laughs> sometimes my brother's very, I don't know if it's a word you use here, I haven't heard it here, but my brother's very wistful. That is <laughs> a word that is not uh, often used here. Yeah. And um, I would be more than happy to start using that word. <laughs> right, okay. He's very like pie in the sky. So he's yeah. like. Wistful. Yeah, just, oh, they've lost you. Today. Oh, yeah, just do it. It's like, oh, but the money, the cost of it. Oh, don't worry. You're just, you know. You'll I mean, find can it. you find it? Yeah. Can you find it? Yeah oh, well, then just find it and do it. And it's like, oh, but then and he's like, well, there's so many buts, but, you know, what about the buts if it does work? And it was like, yeah, it's true. And then I spoke to my sister and she was like, yeah, well, Ooh. what's their reputation? What's their... <laughs> and then I spoke to my she brother. She sounds very and, practical. <laughs> she's very practical. And she's like, I, she's, my sister's amazing. Like, absolutely. She's like my role model, my kind of... How? You know, who I would like to be like when I grow up. 
kind of thing. Well, I hate to tell you this, you're not going to grow up. No, I'm never going to grow up. I haven't up. grown up. I just stopped. So. <laughs> I just live, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's always my goal. But my brother is like, just do it. And then he was like, have you signed up yet? Have you signed up? So, but he says things like, so what you've got to do is, when you go to them, you just say, they're asking you X. They're, you're asking for X, but you came to me, so I'm going to give you Y. And he's like, nah, I don't know if it He's really actually good to like have in your corner, too. But he's good because he's so pie in the sky. Yeah. He's like, you know. So I spoke to my brother, and we agreed this would be a good idea. Super fine would be a good idea. And so I did it. And I cannot thank James and Alex, more so James, because he's the more day-to-day contact person. Yeah, I, I've noticed that he is, yeah. Yeah, like he's just amazing. You know, you get a mobile number, you can contact him all the time, he'll always respond, you can drop him an email, he'll always respond. I was very nervous, and as I say... Rightly I was, so, rightly so. Rightly so, and I was, as I say, at the time I was at the point of like, do I need to go home and regroup and rethink? And I would honestly say just James alone probably turned everything around for me but the pressure of doing super fine getting everything ready and it was my first ever art fair yeah. I've never done an art fair before right I've worked at art fairs right. and I've helped out at art fairs galleries but I've never actually like been the person who has to do you know curate the wall or the, curate, the marketing yeah be there and answer calls and you know so that was a lot plus my mum was in town it was a help but I see what you mean. Yeah. It was, it was, it was yeah. a give and take on that. It was give and take. <laughs> so I was really under a lot of stress. And the guy, bless him, that was doing this space was like, oh, we need to do this. We need to... And I was like, I can't think of that. I can't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not doing it. We're not opening. I don't And then when I was looking at the dates for Superfine, my brother had said, just open. No, just close out from Superfine and just open the following day at your gallery. And I was like, no, I don't think it works. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. And I was like, okay. So when I was looking at dates, and then I saw, okay, a week later. Which actually would make sense. Was 11-11, and the gallery is called 11-11. Right. Made sense. But I needed you more than a week. Either way, <laughs> say, yeah, you would still need a week to kind of reorganize. And to think about things. Yeah. And yeah, so when James, bless him, was like, oh, Nicola, we need to do this. I need to get in. I need to do that. I need to look at electrics. And I was like, I can't think of this. Yeah, I yeah. I can't do it. I'm not opening. We're not doing it. And then in the end, I said to him, look, can I just talk to you on Monday? And he was like, yeah. But when I look at it now, it just didn't make sense. Because <laughs> then I'm giving him like a week. to. Yeah, this actually, place was it's helping shell. you. Yeah. <laughs> it You're helping each other out, actually. Helping each other. And this place was a shell. It had no electricity, no lights. And I was literally giving him a week to give me a to Right. Me an art well, uh, for, for the record, I kind of like what you got going with the lighting now. I know I it's really going like it. it, to evolve. It will. But it will. I kind of like it. It will. I, I really like it. He's done a great job. He did it in a week. The opening was on the 11th of the 11th. The kind of preview bit was 5 p.m. And he did leave at... 10 to 5. Wow. <laughs> With his ladders and wow. everything else. But we, we're here. We're here. And I kept saying, I'm anxious. I'm stressed out. And he'd be like, why are you stressed out? Don't be stressed out. <laughs> I'd be like, you're stressing me out by being by so not stressed back. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've but, been there too. I know what you mean. <laughs> but now I feel like I can do anything in any time. So the next show will be a neighborhood thing. I had wanted to do like something for 
Thanksgiving, but I didn't realise Thanksgiving's next week. I think once I settle into American culture or DC culture properly, I'll be better with dates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, it's your first show. I, yeah. <laughs> and Thanksgiving, you know, you, you got the, the great and beautiful capitalistic day known as Black Friday. Yeah. So, you know. Which even that, I didn't. We now have Black Friday. If anyone's Friday. a consumer, you know, worth their salt, they go shopping on this Friday. Is... Even if they don't need anything, right. they, they just get it anyway. Yeah. Well, For some reason, you have to get that 42-inch big TV and you have to fight a bunch of people to get it. You we see, started having cynical. Black Friday at home and it's like that. Yeah, I, I will apologize. <laughs> That's an American culture thing that should have not left these shores. The, no, it's that and there's a few others. Yeah, so oh yeah, there's weird. quite a few. We can go down, we can have a whole separate show with all that. <laughs> yeah. And we, we need <laughs> to show something else, like, uh, I, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> sorry. sorry for the consumerism. Sorry for consuming the UK. Yeah. Um, but I want people to consume art here. Yes. So let's feel free to consume as <laughs> yeah. much art as you want. Yeah. To, Visually know. and also take some home and with you. Take some home because yes. there are some really cool pieces. There are. No, no, um, really, there is. So yeah, next show maybe one early December, and we'll do. I'll probably turn it around in like a week or so. And the other thing is, yeah, that's what I want to do as well with Eleven Eleven. Is I kind of want to move away from this like really structured, organized art scene. Like let's just. Well, good luck. Have fun. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, let's I know, just, like, just pop in and have a drink. Someone popped in the other day and I was like, oh, do you want a drink? And he was like, oh, yeah, I like this. And then we just had, like, a couple of glasses of wine and he looked around. And, yeah, I haven't seen him again. <laughs> but you never know. But you never know. But, but the thing know. is, he now knows I'm here. He appreciated the artwork. He saw the difference in it. And you kind of build relationships that way. Yeah. So I think there's just something in that because I found here as well. I feel like I'm so down on DC and I'm not. Like, I absolutely love and adore DC, which is why I'm here. But I did find when doing my market research, galleries here are not so friendly. They, they're not, not, not all galleries. Some are, you know, like I reached out to a number of gallery directors to say, this is what I'm planning to do. Can we meet? Can we speak? Can I just get your take on the art market? And a lot of them just ignore, and then you can turn up and say, oh, I sent you an email. I'll like, oh, send another one. It's another one. Oh, can we? And you just kind of get doors shut in your face. And Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Try try them. doing a radio show. I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. something like that, I think, you know, surely your doors would be open. Oh, no, you'd be very surprised. It, it's uh, a lot of it. I like to think is that it just ends up in the spam folder. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's probably where my emails are going as well, to be fair. <laughs> But, you know, and that's fair enough. I'm not that type of person anyway, so I'd like to think I can always respond to emails or respond to questions and stuff. But it, you do get a bit busy, and I've noticed that even in just being here. You know, there's an artist that I said, let's try and do something before Christmas, and then she followed up with me, and I was like, I, I, I think I was just being overzealous. And I would hope she would still want to work with me because yeah. I loved her artwork, genuinely loved her artwork. And so I'm hoping if we do a Christmas show, I can at least have one of her pieces. I, one thing I want to do is, you know, close the gap between the or the London and DC art markets and let's kind of merge them a little bit. So with that being said, what kind of tips could you offer artists wanting to show in the gallery? Generally speaking, nothing Generally specific. Generally yeah. speaking. Well, to show in this gallery or just in a gallery. Well, both, actually both. I think one thing that's quite important is to kind of know the gallery. So just because it's a gallery, not every gallery is for every artist, but there is a gallery for every artist. So I think it's kind of like do your research. So know 
the aesthetic of the gallery, know the theme, understand what's important to the director or the gallery owner, be open with information. You may go to somewhere like Longview and you go into Longview and you can kind of see, you can grasp the vibe, you can grasp the type of artwork. Just because maybe that gallery director isn't going to hang you on their walls, it doesn't mean that you're not a great artist. It just means that Longview isn't for you. Right. And art is a passion. So artists are literally pouring their souls out onto their into their deliverables, so into their canvases and stuff. So I completely understand it, why you think this is, you know, the best piece of work ever and why everybody should love it. And, and it is the best piece of work ever. Everything is the best, you know. But I think there's something about kind of like just because the top place doesn't say yes. Kind of knowing where you get in, where you fit in. Right. And, and you yeah. know, Longview... I'm not saying Longview is the best gallery in DC. I'm not saying that by any stretch whatsoever. I actually think 1111 is, but that's, <laughs> I'm slightly biased. <laughs> and I'm glad you are. <laughs> just, just ever so slightly biased. But they, they, are a, they, are, they are a really good gallery and they're a very successful gallery. So it might be a case that you look for maybe a smaller gallery or so, you know, have your CV available. So for me, I'm just starting out as a gallery here. So... Yes, I'm going to work with emerging artists, but I do also want to see, you know, what you're, where, where, you've, where you're represented elsewhere. Are you in other galleries? How far along in the career have you been in? How, are you right. a career artist or are you a spare time artist? Yeah. You know, what training have you had? If you any. Know, yeah. If any. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not somebody who's saying that, you know, you're only worthy if you do have training because I... Right, I or you went to this life, one particular or school. Or you went to this school or right. you're in that circle or fraternity or sorority or whatever like that's not important to me none of that is important because i do believe that true talent can't always be taught in in a classroom so no and passion by the way and and passion yeah and so but at the same time i am here to make money i i have overheads so yeah you know you got realities is there is a reality to it so you know who is your following following what galleries you know, have you worked with before, if any. Yeah. And if you haven't worked with any, that's okay too. Again, yeah. like I say, that's okay. And maybe this is the first gallery that you work with. And, you know, maybe I'm going to be the fortunate person or this is going to be the best gallery in the world because it was the first one to work with you. So for me, it's not 100% based on kind of where you've come from. It's a lot more about like, where are you going? What's your vision? What's, what are you bringing to me? Does, in your opinion, yeah. what you have, does it fit with what I have? Does it fit with who I am? Where are we going with this? What did your last three pieces sell for? Where did they sell? How did you sell them? Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays it's a lot about social media. What's your social media following? What do you expect from me? Because if it's just to hang a picture on a wall... Or bragging rights. Or bragging rights, then is your picture going to sell? And look at it amongst... Some of the pieces in here are quite pricey. Does it fit? in terms of cost, in terms of aesthetics, in terms of, you know, and some pieces, I've got pieces of artwork in here for $80, but it's the aesthetic fits. Right, right. And, it's, and then that piece is then available to everybody. I've got another piece, I think, for like maybe 100 but it's the gallery itself accessible to everybody. Right, yeah, to first-time collectors, to long-term collectors, right. Yeah, and, you know, try to just be something for everybody. 
as yeah. much as possible. And so my tips would be just do research. <laughs> and then that's, that, <laughs> that's the most important thing. Yeah. Do research on me and the gallery and do research on your own market. Because a lot of people don't even know their own market. For a lot of artists, it is kind of difficult. Where do they begin doing that? And that is, there is no true path to, to mm. doing that. No, so no. I think the first step and the most important step is to basically do the research if you want to approach the gallery, or in yeah. your case, your gallery. Yeah, I think any gallery, you know. Just any in general, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and the reason why I asked you that question, because I've asked that question, you know, before, is just to hit home that do your research. Yeah. You know, um, I've even said in the past to other people that, when I do this this show, uh, I do research. I do look up the person or persons I'm about to interview. I always get nervous when I uh, interview people multiple that I haven't done background on. Yeah, Because, yeah. you know, you hate to find out if there's something, you know, bad about them. <laughs> and I also feel like sometimes I'm stalking, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, you're, you're, you're doing the research. You understand. So when you walk yeah. in the door, you, you know the kind of uh, dialogue to have. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and not only that, you can develop an understanding with each other immediately. Yeah. And that goes for what I do and for people wanting to show in, in your gallery. Yeah, 100%. And I think one other kind of difficulty, and I really don't want to alienate people. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like, like I say, for me, art should be inclusive for all, exclusive to none. I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, you know, you've got to have a certain level of confidence to come yeah. in here because we, everybody starts somewhere. I know when I got back to London and wanted to open an art gallery, I approached a gallery owner and I hadn't done research. <laughs> well, I'd done a little bit of research. Somebody had said, oh, you should speak to this guy you know, he's got an art gallery near where I live. And I was like, okay. But everybody says, oh, you should speak to this person. And I didn't. And then one day I thought, no, I'm going to go to this art fair. And I looked up who was there. He was one of the people that were there. And I thought, oh, I'll just go and see him there because I can kill like 10 birds with one stone. <laughs> so I just did a quick research like on my phone, like just going through his website and stuff. And I got there and he was the first stall. And we got talking and then something just said to me, like, just tell me you want to work for him. So, like, literally mid-conversation, I was like, oh, um, I'd really like to work with you. And he was like, oh, okay. And I said, like, I'm willing to work for free because I don't have the level of experience that you might need. And I don't even know if you need staff. So yeah. it's a free resource. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, come along. Like, just, yeah, just come and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I sent him an email afterwards. He said, I'll take my card and follow up. And he never responded. So I followed up. And then he was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, if you can make it, um, just come at this time. But I'd gone back to work in accountancy when I got back, so I needed to obviously replenish my savings. And um, I just thought, oh, sod it. And I just took the day off. Well, I took the morning off. I said, I worked from home. And I went to the gallery, and he was like, oh, oh, I didn't think you'd turn up. And I said, no, I was very serious. Did, yeah. Like, you said, and here I am. And he was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's start. And then... From there, it just kind of... It sounds like he eventually became one of your mentors. He is now, yeah. Or well, that's, that's a pretty mentors. cool story. You didn't yeah. give up and yeah, you're willing you to work. Can't. Yeah. And you know, something else is people always think like, oh, I sent an email, but they didn't respond. Sometimes yeah. people are really busy. Yep, that's true. That's true. You know what I mean, And I, I respond in my head to a lot of things, a lot of things nowadays. And I never used to be like that. But now I respond in my head to probably nine out of ten messages I get. And then I'll go through and think, well, they never got back to me. And then I look and I'd never responded. And it was, it's never a slur on them. It's more just 
made me invisible. So. Yeah, and, and I do admit, sometimes things do slip through. Yeah. Slip through. I mean, I know it for myself as well, but. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, just show up and just be transparent. Just be, you know, this is what I want to do. Right. And people. Because my dad used to say, come to me with solutions. Don't come to me with a problem. That's what I try to have. I try to have that approach to everything I do. So if, if, if you contact me and I don't respond, that's not, don't make it a problem. The solution is to just say, hey, I reached out to you. You didn't respond. What the hell? Do you see what I mean? <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. Oops. Let's talk about I'm this. I'm bad. Yeah. yeah, do you see what I mean? So the additional layer, though, I do think. Yes. Here, which is what I started off to say, is being foreign. I think some people can find that a barrier hmm. as well. What I've noticed is okay, it becomes I... a lot more about me being foreign than having an art gallery in DC or being in a gallery in DC. Well, honestly, so. I just think that you're a gal has to be quite honest. Yeah. I don't care where you're from. Which is good. But the people coming in through the doors don't. Well, yeah, then we move into stereotypes because, like, where's your tea? You're like, um, <laughs> no one drinks tea. <laughs> yeah. You know. Or, you know, are you able to understand the art because it's... Yeah, you know, that, I know what you mean. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's, that at all. It's, no, it's not at all. You're a very approachable person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll try to. Uh, I mean it. Because like you said, you know, it's you get that kind of nervous and you have to kind of dig deep to find it. Yeah. But after a while, it gets easier and easier to find it. Yeah. And then that, that also turns into confidence. So, yeah, it does. So don't give up. Don't give up. Just yeah. keep going. I believe there's something or somewhere for everybody. I agree with you 120% on that. Mm. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I always think of like the conoscopia, the yeah. table's big enough for everyone to have a seat at. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it is true. And I was even saying to somebody the other day, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I can help you. This 1111 would be the right space, but I know there's a gallery that would be, and so let me right. try and reach out to that gallery owner and see if they'll see wow. you. Because not everything, Again, 11 is about realizing your dreams and stuff. So not everything can boil down to money. And not, as someone said this to me the other day, that I need to think more business-like. But I just think that not everybody is a dollar sign or a pound sign. Mm -hmm. Like you can, I can say to another gallery owner, for example, oh, I've got this guy or this, this woman who's a great artist, but I, I don't think I can do much. Is there something you could do? And there's nothing wrong with that. No. There is nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm well, not... that goes back to breaking down silos. Yeah. Because yeah. most people don't want to do that. No. They want to keep the silos. Yeah. And like I said earlier, let me go find my axe and I'll help you break them down. Yeah, yeah. And those, it's just those little ways. And it's, I can't do that for everybody. But I, I can genuinely believe in you and know that I'm not enough for you. Or there's nothing I can do for you. Right. So, But this person might be able to. And what I would hope is that the person I speak to would say oh, I don't think I can do anything either, but this one might do. Let me, and then hopefully you can be passed along until you get well, to until the right place in person. And then it becomes a network of galleries supporting artists and actually building careers as opposed to each independent gallery being... A silo. A silo. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I kind of want to wrap things up here. Could you tell me the gallery hours? Um, Wednesday to Friday, 1 to 8 p.m., and Saturday to Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Closed Mondays to Tuesdays. Yeah, you need, a, you need rest too. Yeah, I need. And these last two days I've needed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again for doing the interview. No, thank you. Thank you for interviewing. No, no, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 Jacob, Thank you. <laughs>
I want to say thank you to Nicola for taking her time for the interview. If you want to learn more information about 1111 Gallery, you can go to the website at 1111gallery.com. And the gallery's Instagram is 1111 underscore gallery. You can go to our website at artboxdnv.com to hear past episodes. Our Instagram is artboxdnv, and our Twitter is at artdnv. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.